0: I think that we have grown up and been raised in a society that is so strong in the masculine, that is so strong in the masculine energy, that is do, 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 go, 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 you know, accomplish, right? And We haven't been taught to take the time to step back into our feminine energy, which is where we learn to be, which is where we learn to slow down, which is where we learn to play, which is where we learn to nurture, and which is where we learn to love. Welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna Podcast. This podcast is meant to encourage you to connect within so you can share your light with the world. And now, here's your host, Harrison Ma. Harrison Ma. Welcome, beautiful
1: beings, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna here with your host and another beautiful guest to share with you, who I'll get to in two seconds. But as always, I'm excited to help you with your inner connection to your outer expression with the intention today, you know, as, as every episode, to go a little bit deeper into the layers restricting health, alignment, and love. And this journey that I've been on in the podcast has been a really interesting one. I'm really grateful for all of you tuning in. I'm grateful for the guest who's joining me here today. And I'm grateful for the expansion of this show. And I just, if you're listening to this episode, I love you very much. And I hope that you get as much value out of this episode as you do in every other episode. If you do get some value, remember, you can always leave reviews on Apple podcasts. And remember that if something hits your heart, with what is said today, share it with a family member or a friend that can get more value and you can be of assistance to them. My guest on the show today is the powerful, wonderful, loving Leah Drew. Leah is a movement specialist. She is a holistic pain coach. She is ANF therapist, a functional rehabilitational expert. But as is the theme here on the podcast, she is a deep and powerful, loving so, and that is what I aim to express with you here today. What you will get out of this chat with us here today is we're going to go deep into all things healing and what is inhibiting that healing journey, healing through unconscious trauma, pain management versus pain teaching, biohacking and its role in healing, and so much more. Leah, with that introduction, welcome to the Cosmic Love Antenna.
0: Oh, Harrison, thank you so much for that lovely introduction. It is so lovely to be here with you and share in this beautiful space and just share the love because that's what we're here to do. Thank you, thank you, thank you.
1: It's almost as if it was easy the whole time, right? It's almost as if that was the mission to begin with. And when we can remember, it's like, oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. (laughs) Always. Uh, Leah, where I like to start these episodes is, you know, I know you very well, and we've spent a lot of time together, but the people listening, this might be the first time they're hearing your voice. So I like maybe setting off with some foundation, a quick little backstory, but specifically what I want to know is, you know, the work that you're doing right now, there's a reason for that. And usually the reason for the work that we do is connected to the pain that we've moved through, the teachers that have come into our life through the pain teacher. So I'm wondering, Leah, what and there might be a few, but maybe what is the what are the one or two biggest pain teachers in your life that have led you to the work and the passion and the purpose that you're doing here today in the world?
0: yeah, I love that question. And you're so on point, I think that as healers, there is always a catalyst that that really catapults us into why we're doing what we're doing and why we seek to help others the way that we do. and for me I I really had a challenging childhood emotionally. I never found the help and support that I needed. I never found the nurturing that I needed as a child and my parents went through a pretty rough divorce and it really didn't become I didn't become aware of how much it really was influencing me until I reached the age of 16 years old and discovered that I had a pancreatic tumor the size of an orange. And it was really eye-opening, and I didn't understand the influence that my emotional stress had on the manifestation within my physical body as a tumor until later on in my in my adult life when I graduated college and I started understanding the mind-body connection. But even through college, they they still don't teach a whole lot about how the emotions play a physical role on the body. Mm. And it wasn't until, you know, after college, when I I was really suffering with my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health, and my energetic health that I was like, okay, we need to take a step back here and figure out what's going on. Because I like many other clients that come to me, as I'm sure come to you, they end up in this cycle of Western medicine that is treating a symptom and not a cause.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't heard uh, all of your story. So this, some of this is, is new to me and I love it. And I think listeners are probably tuning in. And they're probably already feeling, oh, Harris, another one of these episodes. Yes. Another one of these episodes where the energetics and the emotions, uh, play a, just a pivotal role. We're going to talk about physical stuff too. Don't worry. This is a holistic conversation as always, but you know, as you're hearing in Leah's story, the body truly speaks the story of our lives and the body truly keeps score in many ways. So it's interesting, and this is where I sort of want, I, I want to hear the rest of your story here, Leah, as you're sharing, as we start learning about the ways that we can support ourselves. It's interesting, I'm noticing a trend in the categories of health that are not talked about. So you talked about going into the to the and being within the Western medical model the energetic and the emotional side, you know, not really being there. And I've done episodes on this and, you know, I'd go back and watch some of the ones I've done with Dan and Deborah, but I'm wondering my friend, and maybe this will take us down a rabbit hole, but I'm wondering, why do you think that's the case other than just the symptomology approach? Why do you think those are not existent?
0: Oh, That's such a good question. Um, I, I think that we have grown up and been raised in a society that is so strong in the masculine, that is so strong in the masculine energy, that is do, 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 go, 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 you know, accomplish, right? And we haven't been taught to take the time to step back into our feminine energy, which is where we learn to be, which is where we learn to slow down, which is where we learn to play, which is where we learn to nurture, and which is where we learn to love, right? And to really listen. And I really believe that because we have been so in the masculine aspect of development, and don't get me wrong, we don't have balance without having some of that structure. We don't. But having too much of anything is really not ever a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I have, I joke around because my thing and my friends know me as the, the always more girl, right? I'm always saying always more, right? Always more. Because it's true, we always want more, but we always want more of everything, not Mm. just one thing. Mm. And that's why I I believe that the energetic health and the emotional health have been, even the mental health as well, have been really neglected because we've been so, so focused on, even think about it, the physical health. Yeah, Yeah, physical health is important, but we haven't even been focused on long-term longevity, right? We haven't been focused on the long-term health. It's been, okay, well, we bodybuilding has always been a huge thing, right? So like targeting the physical body as much as we can, working on treating the symptoms, pharmacology is massive and makes our world a massive amount of money. And so we're looking at working with acute health, not chronic. And that's why I believe those have been neglected.
1: I think you nailed it. I think that's a I'm sure there are other reasons, but I think that's yes. a big one. I'm that's the hyper-masculinization of our society as a collective. And I, I want to be very clear here because I think people can get confused with this and like, oh, the patriarchy. No, uh, no, we're not talking about <laughs> the physiological male. We're talking about the divine masculine that is in each man and woman that as a collective group is being overly emphasized in all aspects as Leah is saying within the physical expression where i just, where I just had our mutual friend Dan on and we would he said the same thing we we're talking about the hyper masculinization of rehabilitation right i had mm-hmm. um uh, Heather a, sex, a sexologist, a Christian sexologist, and we were talking about the hyper-masculinization of sexual expression, right, in the sexual yeah. act, in pornography, right, in the sort of getting stuff done, you know, coming to climax and then done, the hyper-masculinization of, of the sexual act. So it's, yeah, I think you're hitting on something very powerful here. And it leads me into maybe one of the first questions here I want to ask you, my friend, Okay, so that's a big one. That's a big element that is inhibiting our healing journey. What what others bubble up? What other sort of elements are either consciously or unconsciously inhibiting our ability to self heal?
0: Oh yes, there are so many. <laughs> um, however, for me, i I see healing as supported through four different pillars. The physical health, the mental health, the emotional health, and the energetic health. And when it comes to healing, I believe that you are, you must look at all four pillars. And a failure to look at one of them is going to lead to a a, a,
1: a lack,
0: an imbalance, right? Yes, exactly. And just like your house, you wouldn't build a house on an unstable foundation. And that starts with four walls or more right? And if one of those walls is missing, the the roof is going to sag, the walls are going to cave in, it's not going to be good. Yep. And so I see your physical body is the same. And, you know, through the through those four pillars, there are multiple levels underneath those of things that can be looked at. But you know, your physical health, looking at your physical body, the internal health of your physical body, not just the external health, yes. because Ultimately, your external health is going to be dictated by your internal health, right? Looking at the inflammation of your body, right? Looking at how your organs are functioning, how your blood is flowing, how your lymph mm. is flowing, your lymphatic mm. system, right? We, we, and you know, that. That leads us down a whole rabbit hole of nutrition and food, what you're putting in your body, what you're putting on your body, what products you're using on your skin and your hair, because anything you put on your skin does not bypass the liver and goes directly into your bloodstream. (laughs) And you, therefore, your liver is there to help with detoxing and supporting your body and removing the toxicity of everything that you're ingesting. And so when things go on your skin, it doesn't have the opportunity to do that. And so there's the physical body, yeah. right? And, and then we have, go ahead. And
1: Leah, let me, let me jump in. So I'm hearing, I want to hear about the other aspects, but I'm hearing, a, I'm seeing a chair image in my head as you're expressing this, right? A chair with, with four legs, right? The, the, the mental, the emotional, the physical and energetic or spiritual, I would interchange those words. Mm-hmm. And if, if one of those legs is, as you can imagine, I'm sure people can picture this. If one of those legs is either missing or instable, you're going to have a pretty rocky situation going on. So it's, I, I think this is why the work that you do, Leah, and the work that I do, it's, 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 it's becoming big now. I think it's been around for a while, but it's like every second person now. I know I see it in my world. I'm sure you see it in your world is putting the word natural or holistic tagged on to the thing that they're doing because everyone's realizing that, Oh, wait, I, my, my gut challenge isn't just the food that I'm deciding to consume. It's also how I'm moving through my limiting beliefs. It's also how I'm expressing my anger. It's also how I'm standing in my spiritual value, right? It's, it's so impactful so speak a little bit more so we just talked about the physical element how else do you describe those other legs of the chair?
0: So all those legs of the chair are ultimately going to hold you up right they're going to support your temple which is you um and so when we're think- we think about that physical we think about the mental body. We're thinking about just like you're touching on here. What are your beliefs? Do you believe? Because a lot of people come to me in a place where they're, they're so down. They feel so incapable of healing. They don't even believe anymore that they can heal. They don't believe that they're going to be able to get out of pain, right? They're, they're, they're struggling. And it's remembering that your body has the innate ability to heal, Always. It doesn't matter. Say that again to
1: people in the back.
0: In the people in the back. Your body has the innate ability to heal. It does not matter where you are at in your journey. You always have the ability to heal. What matters is what you are giving and how you are supporting your body with what tools you are incorporating yes. to support your body in that innate healing, yes. right? You wouldn't put canola oil in your car and start driving it down the road, you wouldn't do that. (laughs) It wouldn't work. So, you know, when you're eating sugars, when you're eating, you know, glyphosate that's found in so much food, when you're eating toxins and putting chemicals in your body, how can you expect that your body's going to support you in that healing process? Right. And that leads us back into that physical body because all four of these pillars are connected. But what you believe plays a huge role, yes. right? Your thoughts and your beliefs play a huge role, not just in how you can heal, but the energetics of your body. Yes. And the electromagnetic frequency of your body.
1: And raising, so this is a lot of people. I had a question the other day, Leah, about what does raising your frequency or what does raising your vibrancy mean? It means all these things, right? If, you're, if you've heard this woo woo term, and I wouldn't even count it as that you know, what does raising to a higher frequency mean? It means doing all these things across mind, body, and spirit, right? You are an energetic being full stop. And when you support that being across the physical lens, by the things you're eating or support that being across the mental lens, by the things you're thinking, it allows that frequency to rise. The, I want to give a resource with what you're saying about the healing potential that we all have and yes. a book that I recommend people read. So I don't, just believe me and leah speaking this this is you know we're passionate about this and you can hear our love but you know uh, the aim of this podcast is to empower you with knowledge one of the other, other ways that we get knowledge is through the books that we read and a book i'd recommend is uh regenerate regenerate by mr saya g and in this book he talks about the new science around all the things all the uh i think it's called open space or dead space or 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 uh, junk dna they're showing now that it's not really junk or dead or open space. It's full of energetic potential that we can tap into, right? And when we can tap into that, nothing is really sort of unable to move through. Uh, Leah, I want to go a little bit deeper now into, I want to hit on a lot of the the healing elements here today. That wasn't obvious. for people yes. And one of the elements that you're really passionate about that I want to dig into now, and you spoke about it briefly, but I want to... Go into it more here, is movement, right? And how movement, I think, in your words, can be a catalyst for energy to move. So, can you explain this? And maybe, what are some misconceptions around this that people might have?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also, if, if it's okay, yep, I want to also offer one other one other resource. That's a great, great book that t- talks a little bit about the energetics of the body and mm-hmm. and the electromagnetism of of life and of your of your system. It's called um the body electric. And it is by Robert Becker and Gary Selden. Also really great book to really help understand how all of this plays a role in your energy and supporting yourself, that life force energy. And all of these things, even with this question that you're asking with movement, it it all supports the life force energy. If things are not moving optimally, if things are not are not supporting you and stabilizing you, um, it's going to be really hard to heal. And so movement is a really beautiful tool when it comes to healing. It's also a really beautiful assessment tool. It helps you learn about your body. I don't care how my clients move, whether you want to do yoga, whether you want to go dance around, whether you want to stretch, whether you want to do functional movement patterns, whether you want to do functional range conditioning, I don't care how you choose to move. But through your movement connect your mind and your body to understand where am I limited? Why am I limited here? Where do I have an opportunity to, to push past my walls, right? Where am I hurting? And I always tell my clients your pain and your discomfort is a message from your body to your body, asking for more love and attention.
1: (laughs) Another, another misconception right there, right? That's a big one. That's a it's huge one. It's one of my favorite one.
0: personal quotes. I like to pat myself on the back uh, for that one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I can see the t-shirts already. Uh, the, as, we're going to get to that. In a, that's another question I want to ask you about uh, pain management versus pain teaching. But yes. just, uh, well, let's maybe hit that now because I think it's it's such a, w- we met Leah on Clubhouse and we met mm-hmm. in a room called that, called uh, pain management. I think something along the lines, of pain management, something else. And I think people have this misconception and I think it starts within the physical world, physical rehabilitation, that pain is something that just needs to be managed that, okay, pain is there. I'm going to do the rehabilitation. or I'm going to do the PT work or the OT work and I'm going to manage it for a while. And, but, but there's going to be some suffering that comes along with it, but that's not what you're saying. You're saying that pain communicates something to then expand into something more. So do you maybe want to break this down, the difference between pain management versus pain teaching and pain growth?
0: Yeah, well, your body is your greatest teacher always because it's always talking to you, right? You're hungry. You know you're hungry. You go get food. You're listening, right? And pain is the same way. When you have pain, it's trying to tell you something and it's offering you an opportunity to go deeper, to look deeper. And- so pain first is your teacher. It, it helps you understand, hey, there's a problem here. Let's go deeper, right? Let's look further. And through that, you then get to learn how to better manage your pain. And so you, I, I don't necessarily see them as two complete opposite things. I see them really feeding each other, right? Because you can't have one without the other. If you're, if you're, if you're not aware of the pain and listening to the pain, how can you manage it? And if you're not managing it by trial and error, learning what's helping my pain, what's hindering my pain, and that's going to look different for everyone, right? Right. How are you, how are you going to support yourself in healing? And you need to be able to listen to the body in that management of your pain so that you can understand, is this helping me or Is this not, you know, and one of the big areas, I I think this is really important to touch on, on this topic. I have clients come to me sometimes that are really hesitant to add multiple things in at the same time and make all these changes at the same time. And they're like, well, how am I going to know if this one thing is working? And I say to them, well, healing is not a matter of one thing working. Healing is going to take place through the collective of all of the things at the same time Mm. because it is it is all of the things that you can that you can add together that make the biggest impact versus just one small thing it might make a slight difference but it's not going to change your life right but if you start eating different if you start thinking different if you start moving different if you start sleeping differently, right. If you do all of the things you're going to wake up and you're going to be like, Whoa, I feel really different today. Yeah, Right.
1: It's, it's all of those foundations that I think we forget about. So this is a, and thank you for sharing that Lee. I think that was a beautiful uh, analysis and perspective on it. And I think, this foundational element of these things that we can always do this is another I, th- I guess misconception we're doing a lot of myth busting and misconceptions today i we've grown up in a society where we're we're we are used to projecting our healing onto someone else right a doctor a coach a therapist a practitioner etc yet we are in that act, we forget about the foundational things we can address in our healing journey, right? We forget about the thinking, we forget about the breathing, we forget about the eating and the drinking, we forget about the sleeping, we forget about the moving. So as you're listening to Leah and myself talk today, keep coming back to that, right? Yes, you will you probably will need a, a specialist and someone there to support you through your healing journey. But it doesn't mean you can't be doing something. It doesn't mean you can't be at the same time going home and doing some breath work at the same time going home and making sure that your, you know, your sleep, your, your cave at home is dark and cool. So you get good recovery and sleep during the night. Right. Do you, do you agree with that, my friend?
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And doing it in, and as well, like the way that feels good for you, because if you're trying to force, right, a square peg in a round hole, it's not going to work. And if you're trying to integrate something and it doesn't feel good for you, make it feel good because if it doesn't feel good, it's not going to support the healing.
1: Yes. Oh, uh, you triggered my memory. That was something I wanted that came up when you were speaking about movement. Let's um, let's go back to that quickly. Cause I want this, yes. I want you to share your thoughts on this. Uh, so I uh, had a client the other day come to me and we were at the stage in my coaching where we were talking about the movement piece And she was like asking, okay, can you, can you tell me how many sets to do? Can you tell me how much weight to, to what sort of X, what sort of resistance training should I be doing? And uh, I started my journey as a practitioner, as a PT. So I definitely have that knowledge, but now I'm at the point, and this is what I want to get your opinion on my friend. Now I'm at the point where that is secondary. What Mm -hmm. is primary when it comes to movement? is the movement that lights up your heart, the movement that makes you joyful, the movement that makes you playful, the movement that makes you sensual and connects you to mother earth and all these beautiful things. That's what's going to be long-term. I'm wondering your thoughts on this, my friend, what, how do you perceive this?
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, I think Ah. that there's, there's two components to this for me. I fully agree, right? If you go into the gym and you have got four, let's say you've got, um, you're doing four sets or four rounds of, um, of five exercises, right? You're going through the exercise of the five exercises and you're doing that four times and you get to the end of round two and you're just like, Oh, I'm, my body is just good. I'm just not feeling this anymore today stop. Don't push yourself, right? Because yes, there's an, there's a place where it is good to push depending on what your goals are and how you're feeling. But if, especially in your healing journey, if you don't feel good doing it, that's when we decide, okay, let's, let's call it quits for today. Something is better than nothing. Always. So I think that's a big component because that's going to fuel, right, the movement of your heart, right, the movement of, of what feels good for you, the movement of mm-hmm. making sure that you're moving forwards, not backwards, because mm-hmm. the moment that you start trying to force that square peg in that round hole, you're <laughs> going to start moving backwards. We don't want that. And so that's just, that's one part. The second part. I also started my my journey as a personal trainer and almost my entire life until I got into actually until I graduated college. I worked as a an aide in a physical therapy clinics multiple. And so I got a really good, deep understanding very early on of of rehab for chronic pain management and later on in my journey um I started I understood and and learned the term neural edge. And your neural edge is the place it's almost this this wall. It's a good wall. It's a supportive wall. Not a wall that like when we work through trauma and when we work through yeah. emotions and mental health that that blocks you from moving well, forward. Yes. It is a good wall and your neural edge is the place where you can get to safely while keeping your body happy without overdoing it. Because when you're in chronic pain and you're rehabbing your body, especially with movement, and you get to this place where you are now losing stability, doing your exercises, you're losing your balance. Oh my goodness, I see that all the time, walking in gyms, seeing personal trainers, yeah. giving exercises to these people that are losing their balance. And yeah. when you start losing connection to your nervous system, losing your balance, losing your form, losing your stability, all of the above, losing, you know, losing yeah. the ability to control any movement,
1: Yeah,
0: you are surpassing your neural edge. Your body is now no longer able to even integrate what you're doing optimally because you've passed that wall, right? And so it's that almost like a safety wall.
1: And I think, Leah, what sort of bubbles up in me me around this is the big difference here. And a lot of what you're talking about with this neural wall is Inner communication, right, is listening, mm, listening, to that, and listening yes. to what your body is saying. And I think, especially within this physical element of the healing journey that we're talking about here, especially within the gym context, it's very easy for us to, again, look outwards to the structures and the way that other people are moving. And if we are not moving or doing the thing in the way that they are doing, it must mean that we're not achieving our goals. It must mean that we're not mm. losing the weight that we want to lose. It must mean we're not optimizing our body in the way that it's supposed to be optimized. And, you know, my heart is very heavy for those kinds of people because I can understand it, right? It's so easy. Like if you are, if you're a person listening to this and you're maybe tuning into this physical side and you want to lose weight and you want to go to the gym, you want to find someone to look up to. I understand that. But, and this is where I sort of want to get your opinion on this, Leah. We want to find the balance between seeking support, looking up to someone, but also coming inwards, right? Mm. Reflecting ourselves off that person we look up to so we can then go deeper into what our body wants.
0: Does Mm. that resonate? Oh my God. Yeah. Can I, can I share a quick story on this? Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So... As I'm entering my healing journey, and part of what triggered my healing journey was stepping into a bodybuilding competition. Because of this exact reason, I wasn't happy with myself, and I was looking all around me. To, this was when Instagram became really big as I was kind of exiting college, and I started looking at all these people on Instagram. I'm like, oh my god, I want to look like that. That's how I'm supposed to look. That's what's going to make me happy. That external validation, right? Looking at at having somebody look at my external body and be like, oh, wow, she looks good. And thinking that that was going to bring me happiness, I was totally wrong. Um, but it taught me a really great lesson. And so that put me into this, this journey of bodybuilding. And I hired a coach. I went through a couple of coaches. And the last coach that I hired was the one that I used up until showtime. And it was, it was just exactly that. I looked up to him because he was giving me exercises. He was in a lot of ways, expanding my mind uh, in fitness, helping Mm me think about different ways to use weights, different ways to use machines, getting creative, right? And so I did look up to him because he was in this field and he had never in his life worked with somebody that was missing part of their pancreas. Mm -hmm. And so when it came down to the week of the show, I was having a really difficult time. I Mm. was not doing well. I was getting really sick. I was literally fainting walking from my bed to the bathroom. And I said to him, I'm like, this is not okay. My body is telling me, no, this is not right. And he said to me, no, this is how you're supposed to feel. And I said, I think that you're wrong. You're
1: nervous. You're nervous. And it
0: was, (laughs) yeah, right and it was this battle between listening to my body yeah. and i knew that my body was right and looking up to this person that i was paying thinking that he knew better yeah and yeah. i think that that can be a very dangerous road sometimes and what i learned you are always right your body is always right your intuition is always right every single time you are always right so if you're over there right now questioning if you are wrong or questioning what to do tune into yourself tune into your body listen to your gut you are correct
1: yeah so i love that story my friend and it it highlights what we're trying to sort of promote here today of this holistic conversation right that what you just talked about wasn't if you were just in that sort of physical paradigm of gaining the muscles, looking externally beautiful, beautiful and powerful and strong, then it would be very easy to move through those internal workings that were going on. But because this isn't just a physical conversation, because this is a, an emotional, mental, spiritual chat, okay. we're able to start having a space for these things and to see how they impact each other. This leads me, my friend, into another question i want to ask you and another i think it's i could probably do another episode on this just in itself this topic but i want to get some quick thoughts here for maybe people interested especially women the the biohacking world has exploded over the last 10 15 years and much like personal training was one of my my sort of channels into this healing world biohacking was a part of that too because i think again going back to what you said at the start of the chat biohacking has a very masculine energy behind it, right? So it's very easy to to fall into that. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think there are many supportive aspects and elements of the biohacking movement, the technologies, right? I'm wearing an aura ring right now. I track my sleep. I do all the things. And I think they're part of the healing experience. But what I want to get your opinion on, Leah, is when does biohacking become too much? When does biohacking for men and women, when does this movement within this conversation we're having here today, this movement of biohacking, when is it too much for the individual within the healing journey? What what comes up around that question?
0: I think that's a great question. And I believe that the moment that you stop trusting your your gut and trusting yourself is the moment that biohacking becomes too much. And I think that that is different for every every person. For example, I personally will not wear a sleep tracker. To me, that means I am not listening and tuning into myself. And I also respect that that's different for everybody. There's a lot of people that I know really love tracking their sleep. I like waking up in the morning and checking in with myself. How did uh-huh. I feel? How many times how did I dream last night, right? Yeah. How yeah. many times did I wake up? Did I roll over and and rem, you know remember it? And again, my personal feeling and opinion is going to be different than others. Yeah. And you know, biohacking I believe is so helpful in so many ways, right? To support ourselves in giving us a little bit more fuel to support our healing, to support our growth. And it can be just like anything else. Too much can be too
1: much. And so I
0: think, you know, doing your research with biohacking, gaining the knowledge and then deciding, is this best for me to incorporate? Does this feel aligned with me and my values? Is this going to support me? And sometimes you don't know until you try it and that's yeah. okay too. Yeah. Uh,
1: thank you for sharing your thoughts, my friends. I want to share two examples here of, and this is what strived this question. As I was thinking of what to chat about with you about Leah, what to tune into. This is something that I'm currently moving through myself, which is where this question comes from. And I want to give two examples of the biohacking element being in that unbalanced state and not listening to our bodies and within the sleep tracking let's use the sleep tracking example because i think that's a big one with the aura ring with the whoop band with all the devices that are coming out another reason why i also think it's can be challenging to balance is that while sleep trackers they track dream sleep rem sleep they don't equate what rem sleep is for across all aspects right so within the dream state I think people can understand that a a physiological benefit of dreaming is emotional regulation. But what a lot of people don't understand is that dreaming is also a space and place in which our spiritual being is most active. If you've listened to me talk on this podcast before, you've heard me speak a lot about not just about dreams in general, but also about astral projecting, astral traveling, all the spiritual abilities that we have as a spiritual being having human experience. And these things are activated in the dreamscape. Most sleep trackers aren't taking that into consideration. Most sleep trackers aren't taking into consideration that, oh, I, I didn't get REM sleep last night and I'm not going to be very emotionally regulated, but the reason I didn't get REM sleep is because I needed a break from flying to Mars to visit my ancestors, right? These are things that we need to be mindful of and to walk this balance. Leah, does that resonate, my friend? <laughs>
0: But yeah, there, there's, and there's still so much that we still don't know. And that's the cool part about the mind and the body is there's still so much we don't know, you know? And so all these aspects of, okay, well, these trackers are helping us. Well, there's a lot that we still don't know as well, you know? Um, but I think you have a really great point there is, is yeah. that yes, we are tracking a lot and we're also not tracking a lot. Yeah
1: which is where that intuitive sense comes in, right? For the things that we aren't tracking, remember that you don't, need to, you don't need to give this away, right? Tune back in, right? The answers are there. Leah, I want to shift here now to another topic. And still within this sort of healing conversation that we're talking about, you spoke about this before briefly, and I want to dive a bit deeper into it now. And it's the mental realm but specifically, learning to make the unconscious conscious, right? Learning to see, and this is what I want to get your what bubbles up around that if something is in the unconscious that is unhealed, it is acting in our conscious state, right? It is, it is controlling, it is influencing, we are projecting, being triggered, all these examples. So, I want to maybe get your feedback. What bubbles up? What is the relevance of this within the healing journey? And why is it important to understand that we cannot, we cannot heal what is in the unconscious unless we bring it into conscious awareness?
0: Yeah, this is a big area where trauma work comes in because When we have things that are shoved into our subconscious that we maybe we don't want to think about, we don't want to deal with, um, or things that we just don't actually have awareness of at all until somebody points it out to us, doesn't even give us the opportunity to heal it, right? You have to first be aware of it and be willing to face it and look at it and embrace it if you want to heal it. Crying baby example, right? Baby cries, you pick up the baby, hold the baby, you calm the baby down. You're bringing awareness to the crying baby. When you don't bring awareness to the crying baby, the baby cries and cries and cries and cries and cries. And I think that's a really beautiful way to bring, you know, a a really easy to understand example to what happens when you bring the unconscious care of it. You're allowing it to be seen, to be heard, to be felt, to be understood, right? To be supported. And when you just leave it there, when you're not aware of it, it doesn't give that opportunity to you, right? And to be honest, I mean, I know we really haven't brought this up, but that's a huge reason why I personally really love medicinal use of psychedelics because it supports you in enhancing your awareness by bringing that awareness to areas of your subconscious that you're able to tap into through psychedelic use and bring into your conscious mind and when you do that you then have the ability to shift to change to create new boundaries to have new understandings right and 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 make changes that are going to support you in that healing. And so, yeah, bringing the unconscious into the conscious space is what allows you to take another step forwards and to try something new, to try something different, to change up the routine yeah. to support yourself in gaining that next step in your healing journey. I
1: love it. The this plant medicine conversation I've done a couple of shows on it, so i won't won't get too deeply into it, but just for people maybe bringing awareness to it, what Leah just said, I think is why it's becoming such a accepted part of culture at the moment, right why it's becoming that why there are clinics popping up around the world, why there are you know all these different plant medicines that are now being used at both the the higher dose level and the microdosing level of helping people move through creating new neural pathways, right? By helping people reparent their inner child, by helping people move through PTSD, all of these mental health challenges that are a part of this holistic healing journey. And as Leo is beautifully highlighting, if we're not if we're not looking at them, right, and if we're not acknowledging them, that doesn't mean they're not there. They're probably acting up through our relationships, right? They're probably showing themselves, yeah, they're probably showing themselves in our relationship with finances, right? They're probably showing themselves in our our outer expression of our outer child with our children, right? So it's, you know, I just want people to sit with this and see what bubbles up for them.
0: Yeah, can I, can I add yep. one other thing to that too? Yep. So, you know, one of the areas, you know, healing aside, su- We're we're, even through healing, we are looking at growth, always looking at growth. And through growth, we heal physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energetically, so on and so forth. And when we bring that subconscious into the conscious space we have the opportunity to challenge our values, to challenge our beliefs, to challenge our thoughts. And through challenging those, and that's not always comfortable. Nobody really wants to be challenged in their values. But through challenging those values, those beliefs and those thoughts, you then have the opportunity to decide, oh, do I wanna continue holding on to this? Or do I wanna shift my values? Do I want to shift my thought? Do I want to shift my, and that showing, you know, some self-compassion is necessary often and, you know, meeting yourself where you're at and saying, Hey, I had that value because of this experience. I had that thought because I had this happen to me or, or, you know, I once believed this because, because you had the experiences you had up until that point. Right, and then having a new experience now allows you to challenge these things in new ways through different perspectives, and that, in my opinion, is what leads to exponential growth and to exponential healing. Is challenging and being willing to challenge those values, those thoughts, and those beliefs.
1: There's my intro to this conversation right here. I love it. That was beautiful and powerful, my friend. So, Leah, thank you for sharing that and. I thought that was profound. And I think it leads beautifully now into. I have a couple more questions here before we finish. And this, and I want to get this one in because I think this is very significant for people listening around this chat of healing, right? Igniting your healing potential across mind, body, and spirit. I I've shared this belief before. I know you have the same belief, my friend, is that you know we are a powerful spiritual being having a human experience. And how that human human being leans into this experience best in my opinion is remembering that is a tribal species, that it works really well in a tribe, getting support from people outside of itself. So my question for you, Leah, around and I want to see what bubbles up for you on this, is why why do you feel why do you feel that seeking a coach, seeking support, a doctor, a therapist, just guidance in general outside of yourself is necessary for the healing journey.
0: Well, when you seek a coach outside of yourself, right, we can all be our coach to a certain. And when you seek a coach outside of yourself, ultimately it's offering you a new perspective. It's offering you the ability to, for someone else to hold your hand so that you don't have to walk it alone, for someone else to offer you new suggestions, to see you from a different light, and to support your growth faster, right? When you allow someone else to support you, the healing happens at a much faster rate. And can you do it alone? Absolutely. Can you do it? Can you do it? Do the research yourself? Totally. But who wants to be alone? Who wants to do it by themselves, right? Healing happens through community. That's a big part of, of healing is having a supportive community, having people around you that, that see you, that support you, that, that are holding your hand through the journey. You know, hiring a coach, you know that they're there for you. You know that there's somebody that you can rely on. You know that somebody's there, holding you. You know, accountable, and with your best, with your, you know, holding you to your best, right? With your best interest, ultimately. Um, and so, I think that looking when you're looking to hire, when you hire a coach, and when you bring someone onto your team, it's ultimately just helping you heal faster, helping you grow faster.
1: Yeah. I think we all want that. (laughs) I think we all, I think we all want, and it's not a sort of get to the finish line sort of conversation. No, it's a, oh, I, it goes back to what we're talking before about uh, pain management and pain growth. I think there is a very big difference between pain and suffering, right? Pain is inevitable, but suffering is a choice, right? And sometimes we can move through that suffering by seeking support, seeking a beautiful soul outside of ourselves. Leah, I love you very much. I really appreciate you spending time with me today. I have one final question for you, but before I get to that, I want to, if people have tuned in to your beautiful expression today, have connected to some of the powerful words of wisdom and knowledge and understanding that you've given, I want to give you the chance now, the opportunity to maybe share what you have going on in your world and what people listening might be able to tune into, such as things like coaching, programs, packages. What what comes up? What do you want to share, my friend?
0: I am currently offering one-to-one coaching. I offer my coaching in six-month containers, and I have some different options for that, but that gives me the opportunity to dive deep with my clients, to meet them where they're at, to support them through movement, to support them through mindset work, to support them through trauma and emotional regulation and healing, and to also support them in their spiritual and energetic growth and development. And so that's one-to-one experiences. And then I also offer a group program called the mind body initiative that I will be launching again soon. So give me a follow, check out my website. You can find me on social media at mind body with Leah, L E A H. And you can check out my website. It's Leadrew.com.
1: And as always, beautiful podcast community. If you click on your podcast player, go to the show notes, go to the description of this episode, you'll see all the details that Leah just provided there. So you can click on the links and go directly to her her space of love. Leah, speaking of love, the main intention of this podcast is to help people connect back inwards to their cosmic space of love so they can not only connect to themselves at a deeper level, but so they can then express that love out into the universe in all the beautiful ways that we deserve. So I'm wondering, my friend, how do you personally define that L-O-V-E word?
0: Oh, that's such a good juicy question. Um, How do I define love? Oh, I define love as a warmth as a as a loving embrace and there there it is that word as a as a warm embrace that is me that is my intuition that is my my self trust i to me believe that love starts with within and radiates outwardly and the love that you show and give to yourself is the love that you will receive from others you show them you give them permission you teach them how to love you through loving yourself and to me love is is me it is how i show up for me it is what i feel within and what i cultivate within is what i am and and what i receive
1: a beautiful Loving, compassionate way to end this chat, Leah. Thank you for spending time with me today. Thank you for reconnecting and sharing that exact same love with all the people listening. Beautiful podcast guests and community. I hope you got some value and some guidance out of this chat today. If you did, remember you can always share this episode with people that you think will need it. But until next time, until another regular episodic episode of the Cosmic Love Antenna, me and Leah both love you very much. We're wishing you a wonderful evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are in the world. And we'll catch you next time here on the show. Bye everyone.
0: Thank you for listening to the Cosmic Love Antenna podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Be sure to follow Harrison on Instagram, Twitter, and Clubhouse at Harrison Ma. That's Harrison, M-E-A-G-H-E-R. Electricast, transform your influence. ElectroCast. Welcome to ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. I got this dad. No,
1: it's just my dad.
0: My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again.